Welcome to this week's episode of the Poetress Ponderings Podcast. We are confident that you will enjoy another episode that will cause you to pause, to ponder, and then to project. If you haven't done so already, then please subscribe to this podcast with your favorite podcast app. Also, please pass the word along to those friends that you know will enjoy this type of podcast. In this week's podcast, our host, Jim Poitras, along with special guests Baron Longstreth and Tyler Bryant, will discuss some ideas garnered from a book called Living Out of the Overflow written by Richard Blackaby. Specifically, they discuss the seasons of life that we all go through. So without any further delay, here is your host, Jim Poitras. This is a very excited Jim Poitras with the Poitras Ponderings podcast, where we pause, ponder, and project. And I am thrilled today that we have with us in our virtual studio, very special guests, And I'm going to actually flip the script today and ask for the Baron Longstreth, a great friend of mine and pastor of the church today in Tulsa, Oklahoma, a church planner, uh, having planted two churches there, such a love for people, for leadership, for the Poitresses, and for missions. And we are going to ask for their Longstreth to lead our interview and discussion today. Brother Baron Longstreth, God bless. Thank you so much, Brother Poitras, and I know uh, that it is for me, and I'm going to have the privilege of introducing another special guest, but to start off here, for me, this is a a very distinct honor. As you said it just a second ago, I have such a respect for uh, yourself, your family, uh, of course, your impact around the world. You said a special friend, but uh, most would not know. So I'll just divulge on this information just a hair that you have been a a mentor in my life. And, uh, of course, these poitrous ponderings are uh, just incredible. And to be a part of this is a great honor. I am thrilled to be on this episode today, and I'm thrilled to be able to introduce to the audience Tyler Bryant, who is a recent acquaintance of myself. He's waving at me right now. Uh, But he's a a recent acquaintance through Brother Poitras. He pastors the Church of Second Chances. That's right. It's in Marshall, Illinois. Yes, sir. Yeah. So he's also not only a pastor, but he's also the director of distance learning at IBC. So he's he's a very, very busy man. And he is going (laughs) to be helping Brother Poitras today on this podcast, and I know it is going to be just chock full of incredible anointed information. So great honor to work with both of you men on this project, and this is not the only project that we're working on together as a as a holy trio. So excited <laughs> about that! Excited about yeah. that! So uh, for this for this episode today, let me set a little context. Uh, this is going to be enlightening. And I believe that those that are listening in today are going to uh, just be enriched by the content of the insight, the inspiration. Of course, there's going to be an in-depth look at how to champion. I think that's a good way to say it. The challenges of what we know is 
uh, different complex seasons of ministry and life. And so today's podcast is actually going to be the first of three different separate podcasts that we are going to highlight some concepts, some questions, of course, some different perspectives from what I would say is a life-changing book. Absolutely. And yeah, I, I think these gentlemen know that there, uh, there are things in this book that you're going to want to get your hands on. And I, I don't want to speak for them, but I think it would be safe to say that all three of us would highly recommend this book to this audience. Am I right, gentlemen? Totally. That It was an awesome book. Totally rocked my world. So the book is actually entitled Living Out of the Overflow and is authored by a Dr. Richard Blackaby. And as these men have already stated, this is a must read for anyone in this audience. And the thing I like most about this book, to start this off, I like the fact that it, it covers the journey of Elijah, kind of from the very beginning of his ministry, which would to us be the beginning of his recorded life. And it follows him almost all the way through until he is caught away at the end of, uh, of his ministry and life. And it highlights different aspects that are not only engaging, but they're life-changing when it comes to our relationship with our Creator. So just an awesome book. Um, I highly, highly recommend it that you go pick up a copy as soon as you can. So, so today, the core ideas of this podcast is going to be, as Brother Poitras mentioned just a second ago, communicated in an interview format. And it's going to allow for some perspectives, experiences of both Brother Poitras as well as Brother Bryant. And I know you are going to be impacted. Gentlemen, I'm excited to hear from you both on some of your thoughts as you provide some clarity, as we said just a second, challenging ministerial and personal landscapes that all of us encounter. And uh, the title of this particular podcast is going to be Stages, Shifts, and Seasons. So without any further delay, let's get right into today's ponderings. So as we open up this interview, I, by allowing both Brother Poitras and then Pastor Bryant to expound on a sentence that all three of us found in the very first chapter of the mentioned book. And I believe that the listeners are going to love to hear your thoughts, guys, about uh, this particular phrase. So let's set a little bit of background. First Kings 17.1. It shares the words of Elijah to King Ahab. The prophet declares to him that he himself, Elijah, stands before the Lord God of Israel. And so the author, Blackaby, seems to be establishing the fact that Elijah's qualification for this new season in his life was that he stood before the Lord. So here is the statement that I want each of you to elaborate on, and I think this audience is going to be enriched. As we talk about stages, shifts, and seasons, seasons rather, excuse me, the author states this, this sentence, the single greatest habit a Christian can cultivate is the practice of abiding in God's presence. So, Brother Poitras, let's start off with you. Can you share with this audience your thoughts on the various seasons of your personal life and how this quintessential habit of abiding in God's presence is so important? 
Brother Barron, I'm very thankful for the title that we've given to this particular episode, Stages, Shifts, Seasons of Ministry. I was afraid that the word transition was going to be mentioned, you know, up front with the podcast, and I feel like I'm in constant transition. Just this morning in my devotion was listening to God's word. There was a, a phrase that really stuck out to me. And it was the phrase that God speaks with a gentle whisper. In order for me to hear that gentle whisper, I have to calm myself, put away all of the distractions, of, and just listen very carefully to what God is whispering to me. Uh, I would not want to go through one day without prayer. Wow. I would not want to step into any season in my life without bathing that in constant prayer. I do not want to go forth in any dimension of my life without knowing that the Spirit is directing me into that season, the stage of life, the shift in life. If God is at work in the I need to approach that with total confidence and know that the Spirit is going to, to direct me. Uh, if I'm sure that God is at work in the stage of life, there's nothing. There's, there's nothing that can stop me from doing God's will. If I'm confident that it is the Spirit that has said go, and one step further, you go and I will go with you. I'm not sure of the Old Testament verse but there is a passage in the scripture where uh, God was saying, you know, go forth, you know, I want you to press on. And by the way, I'm not going to be going with you. And the man of God said, listen, if you're not going to go up with me, we're not going anywhere. So prayer is the starting place. It's the middle place. It's the constant place and thing in every season stage shift of my life got to be prayer being right there. First of all, prayer. Uh, the world does not want to see and hear from a prayerless poetress. <laughs> That's not what they need. That is so good. And when I am prayerless, I am also powerless. Yeah. And if there's any lasting good that I'll do on the earth, if there's any lasting good that something that I will say will accomplish, it's going to be because the Spirit has directed that to happen. And I like to think of, and I don't know who said this originally, but uh, God works best through me what God is working in me. God speaks best through me what God is speaking in me. I think I preach best when I know that I stepped to that pulpit, that microphone, that podcast, and I have heard that the Spirit is directing me. Even when you think of the word stages, I was captivated by a scripture in the book of Genesis chapter 12. And the Bible says, Abram south by stages towards the south, by stages. That is happening by stages. The will of God is doing the next right step. You don't have to see the, the whole distant future. All you are required to do is recognize the season that you're in, uh, what God is doing in your life. And when you start sensing that season change, 
then it's probably going to start with a, a bit of discontent. We've all been there, that there's discomfort. There is a feeling of holy discontent. It's not just discontent because we need to learn how to be content in no matter what situation uh, season we're in. So it's a holy discontent where we begin to sense that there is something that's going to change and that we would be like the sons of Issachar. We would have an understanding of the times. And it is extremely difficult to go ahead and swim through our present season in the United States and globally if we have not gone to God in constant prayer. Uh, One songwriter said, you know, clear the stage. The stage needs to be cleared and we need to hear him so carefully uh, the uh, Genesis chapter 12 that talked about Abram passing through his life with stage, uh, stages, excuse me. It also says in the first three verses, I think five times in three verses, it uh, says to Abram, I'm going to bless you. You're going to be blessed. You're going to be a blessing. And how is it that we as men of God, uh, those that aren't on the podcast presently, women that we're going to make an impact spiritually if we're not making sure that the bottom line is is prayer yeah. so that we can hear that gentle whisper. Yeah, there there is absolutely nothing that can substitute standing in the presence of God. Um, I did a little studying about the Great Awakening, and I believe it was George Whitefield that they stated that he would spend sometimes up to an entire night. And if he didn't feel content, it would be two nights. And the verbiage uh, the author used was he would bathe the event in prayer. And to think about those shifts that not only touch the religious culture, but the economic culture and all of the other impacting things that the Great Awakening did. um, It's very, very powerful. Thank you for the poetry. Tyler, I think your um, your you you have a unique perspective as a pastor of a good congregation, and of course the challenges of leading a congregation are becoming ever more complex. Oh, yeah. And we live in a very complex time. That's right. And I think everybody in this audience, especially at the time of this podcast, would be able to visually see that. I mean, we're surrounded by it. So I think it would be imperative for you to share some viewpoints about an influencer's need. I love what Brother Poitras said, but from your chair, what, uh, how necessary it is to remain in the presence of God as an influencer. Yeah. Well, thank you, uh, Brother Longstreth. It's an honor to be here. And of course, an honor to be with uh, one of our uh, shared mentors, Brother Poitras. And so I'm very thankful. Um, you know, as he was talking, I, w- I was just thinking back through the book and the author, as you've already alluded to, does a wonderful job at looking at the lifetime of ministry of the prophet Elijah. And and I felt like really focusing on the shifts between the seasons of his ministry from the beginning to the end, uh, the challenges that he faced before and after the victories that he had and all the things that he went through. And what I feel like the author did a wonderful job of bringing out of that was uh, the vulnerability 
that the prophet experienced in the times of those uh, shifts from season to season. You know, it's during uh, the shifts that we experience in ministry that uh, things feel most out of control and most unstable. And it's very easy, I feel personally, it's very easy in those times for us to want to put our hands on the thing and try to take control. You know, we want to get a hold of the reins and feel like we have some sense of control right. in the seasons. Um, but I don't, I don't want to produce in my life and ministry what I could produce. I want God to produce through me what only he can produce. So, so that's why it's so important as we're seeing things change uh, right now in our world so quickly, things are shifting so quickly um, that uh, it's important for us to continually be in the presence of God and be sure that we're hearing from him and that we have uh, his plan and not our plan. Of course, working at uh, Indiana Bible College for the last several years, I was a student as well, graduated from Indiana Bible College and greatly impacted by the ministry of Brother Mooney. And Brother Mooney would always tell us anybody who had Whoever attended Indiana Bible College, uh, they would be able to finish what I'm getting ready to say. But he would tell us, don't plan your life because you'll underplan it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what we we'll do if we are not constantly in the presence of God wow. and hearing his voice and getting his direction. Man, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, I love the uh, the verbiage of not only missing the will of God, but missing it because we did not give God the opportunity to take us and stretch us where he wanted us to go. That's a great, great point. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I think too, with brother Tyler was saying about, about what brother Mooney said, I just did a graduation for someone very special to me on Saturday. So I presented her with three gifts. One was a rope. The second gift was a game of life. And the third gift was a laminated sheet of paper with a Sharpie pen. And I went through very quickly these three gifts and artifacts, but I said to her that when you venture out into the business world, you're going to want to know what is the contract? What are the benefits? How much are you going to get paid? Uh, What's the retirement plan like? But when it comes to God, he doesn't give us the whole contract up front. Mm -hmm. He doesn't tell us to go ahead and plan the whole thing. Uh, it's more like he gives us a clean sheet of paper. Nothing is written on it. And he says, Poitras, I want you to go ahead and sign your name at the bottom. Tyler, sign your name at the bottom. Baron, sign your name at the bottom. Trust me and allow me to fill in the terms of the contract. Yeah. And so it's so important to me going back to your initial point, Brother Baron, that every day, We present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is but our reasonable service. And we refuse to be conformed to this world, but we're going to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, because that's the only way that I'm going to be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I can't plan my entire life. I cannot dictate to God. Right. These are the seasons that I'm going to pass through. Right. Uh, this, these are the terms of the contract. It's like, no, Jim, I want you. This is the sheet of paper. You sign your name at the bottom and you trust me in order to fill in 
the details of this, not a contract, but a covenant that you've made with me. Wow. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. Tyler, do you have anything else you want to add before we move into the second? Yeah, you know, the the the, uh, the author in the life of Elijah showed in his life exactly what, what Brother Poitras just, just said. You know, he brings it out. Elijah did not get to choose uh, his audience. He did not get to choose his message. He did not get to choose how they responded to the message. He didn't get to choose the place. He just had to be obedient to the will of God. And that's it. And that's and 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 what a great bridge between the first question and the second question. And I appreciate that perspective. Uh, the book highlights the reality that Elijah's recorded ministry is filled with, let's call it rewarding experiences. So some of those would be, uh, let's let's say uh, preaching to the king, uh, calling down fire from heaven. That's pretty rewarding. Yeah, uh, praying, uh, praying until. Uh, but but it also the book highlights as the Bible tells us the author has this unique perspective of, of being able to highlight some of these painful moments mm-hmm. that Elijah's life is littered with, such as being fed by ravens, uh, living in the home of a Gentile widow, uh, feeling abandoned and all alone, as we see uh, in the latter stages of the life of the recorded life of Elijah, right? And so, uh, Pastor Bryant, you as well as Brother Poitras are, you guys are both strategically positioned. You're director of distance learning. Uh, Brother Poitras is uh, responsible for, uh, you know, AIM and short-term missions. And so, as you guys are positioned to impact the next generation, can you share Let's start with you, uh, Brother Bryant. Can you share with our younger audience how to remain faithful through these different times, these shifts, these seasons, and these stages of life? Yeah, as I read the the portion of the book that you're referring to, I thought, man, this is this book is a book that needs to be read by every Bible college graduate, by every young person that is being trained and equipped. For ministry, and I think the reason I thought that was because I thought, "Wow, I really wish that I would have had this book uh, when I first graduated from Indiana Bible College." Right. I think it's pretty normal when you have been being trained and equipped, and you're you're saying yes to the call of God in your life. Very typically, between the call uh, or the promise and the fulfillment of that call or the promise, there is you know, maybe these difficult times and, and you learn just being in ministry a little while, it doesn't take very long. And you learn that ministry is not lived out on the mountaintops. Uh, and, and it's not the mountaintop experiences, those wonderful experiences where, you, you know, you call down fire and you, you pray the dead back to life. Like Elijah did. Uh, those aren't, those aren't the things that necessarily make you as a minister, a man or a woman of God. As a matter of fact, I think, as the author of the book indicates, Elijah would not have had those experiences if it wouldn't have been for what he was learning in the difficult times and in the trials and in the struggles. Those things were shaping him and they were making him and they were preparing him for uh, those wonderful experiences that God was going to give to him in his ministry. Well, that's good, Brother Poitras. How about your perspective on this question to the younger audience as you have 
quite a bit more ministerial time than perhaps Brother Brian or myself, what would you say would be uh, an added value to uh, the statement right here? Thank you, Brother Barron. Thank you for just about two seconds short of calling me an elder. <laughs> As I look back, and when I speak at different forums and conferences, and if there's a time for discussion, this question will almost always come up. What would you give as advice to your younger self? And uh, if I were advising my younger self, these are some of the things that I would tell myself. Number one, I've already mentioned, the will of God is as simple as finding and doing the next, next right step. The will of God is as simple as following the next right step. Number two, where there is no responsibility, there is no accountability. Mm, that's good. Because as a younger minister, you could be working for a leader with a leader, a senior leader, and you start identifying things that may not be like you would want them to be. There's an African proverb that I'll leave open to your own interpretation, but it says the higher you go, on a tree, the easier it is to see your backside. <laughs> so it's very easy to identify problems in a local church, in a district, in society. Uh, fault finding is not really a spiritual gift. I told someone just today at lunch that I have two problems with criticism. One, I like to criticize. Two, I hate to be criticized. Right. So, <laughs> I think I suffer with that same um, disease. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the scripture says, "Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he yes. also reap." So, I, I always keep it in mind. You know, <laughs> it's okay to be negative for a few minutes or criticized for a few minutes, but get over right. it. Go on with life. Press on. And uh, that's off the script, by the way. Um, but yeah, advice to my younger self, where there is no responsibility, there is no accountability. I will not stand before God and give an account for something that my leader does. I'll give an account for what I do. Yeah. So basically, which is probably difficult for me, considering the size of my nose, if you have met me, but uh, I need to keep my nose in my business mm -hmm. and, uh, and realize that time spent sharpening the sickle is time that is well spent. That's right. And when you work with a senior leader, if you will go ahead and buy into the vision of that senior leader, God will put you in a place where you will be able to have people come around you that will say, I want to buy into your vision. But that only starts, I believe, when you desire and agree that you're going to help a senior leader accomplish his particular vision. I think I would advise my younger self, and I think that I've lived this in my lifetime. I don't believe that you should ever politic for any position in the organization, that I still believe that God is on the throne and that he positions people where he wants them to be, in the places he wants them to be, doing the things that he wants them to do. And if you as a young person, if you can identify your vision for life, then everything feeds through that vision, and you will know the direction you should go because you're 
the task at hand is in alignment with the vision. I think too many times we get messed up with uh, a position and we get our identity from the position. The position is not the calling. The, God did not call me to be the director of education. He called me to teach. He called me to reach. And this particular position, which I did not politic for, I don't advocate politicking because I believe God places you where you need to be and uh, that you don't need a position in order to accomplish the will of God in the season of life that you're in. Right. But sometimes the organization needs in that position in order to accomplish the vision that God has given for them, the purpose that God has given to the organization, the plan that they have, and you fit uniquely into those particular roles. So uh, if I were speaking to my younger self, I, I would just want to kind of slap myself upside of the head and continue to remind me that, yes, you are going to pass through seasons, that the vision that God gives you, that you have to handle that vision very carefully and recognize that when the scripture talks about without a vision, the people perish, it also follows up with saying that uh, the vision could take some time, wait for it. And it's the waiting that we don't like, mm -hmm. but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They're going to receive the strength that they're going to need in the season that they're in, and God's promise says, as your days are, so shall your strength be. So he's not saying to me, Poitras, uh, I'm going to give you strength right now for 10 years from now. No, I'm going to give you strength. I'm going to give you anointing. I'm going to give you favor for the particular season that you're in. Don't worry what's going to happen in 10 years. Worry about what's taking place right now. And worry is not even the best word there. Hmm. Uh, so when you look at the life of Joseph, for example, Joseph was a young man. He was a young man with a dream. I'm not sure that he was wise in the way that he shared his dream. Uh, because sharing your vision should allow people to buy into your vision instead of uh, ostracizing you or trying to kill you off. Uh, but uh, Joseph had this dream, this vision. Uh, he found himself in a pit. He must have identified somewhere along the line that from the point of the promise, and there are like 7,482 promises in God's word for us. But at the point of the promise, that there is a distance between the promise and the performance, the fulfillment of that promise. Yeah. And we've got to be patient enough to wait on the promise, to wait on the next step, to wait on the right season, to wait on the divine shifting because transition, one thing about transition and shifting, it doesn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. uh, you will know, Brother Tyler, Brother Barron, you probably have already experienced it. You probably will know even up to two or more years in advance, you will sense that God is doing something. Yep. And you've got to wait patiently on what he's doing because he gives promises to us. And it's just not a straight line. It's a squiggly, uh, however you want to define it, it's not straight. And so when you look at Joseph, the pit, Potiphar's house, falsely accused there, 
he lived a life of integrity. He's a handsome guy. Uh, you know, uh, he could have taken advantage of a situation. He didn't. He finds himself in prison, and uh, he interprets dreams in the prison, says, you know, remember me, and they don't even remember him. And finally, he is in the palace, and there is a performance of what God had promised to him in the very beginning. And he says, you know what, guys, uh, you did this evil stuff to me. You meant it for my harm, but God meant it for my good and was able to identify that every step of the way, every P word that you can find there, because I'm the freak on alliteration, so the pit and Potiphar and the prison and the palace, all along the way, the scripture says, and the Lord was with him. Yeah. And if I know that God is with me, going back to the original question, Brother Baron, then I can tackle any anything. Uh, going to the nation of Ghana from Nigeria, by the way, and... Uh, knowing that I would sacrifice. I was leaving the place that I loved and God had directed me to go and there would be a period of sacrifice, but sacrifice, sometimes that's what you have to do in order to, to do the will of God. And I remember the first national conference that I was there and it was in the city of Kamasi. So Tyler would know that city. And uh, I went to our national conference and I remember, oh my it still makes me to feel emotional about it. Uh, I remember standing on that platform and it was outside. It was in a football field, a soccer field. And there were probably about 6,000 people there that particular day. And I looked out over them and I thought, you know what, God, these are, these are my people. These are the people you called me to. These are my people. And it doesn't matter what comes my way. I'm going to stick this thing out until you direct me to go elsewhere or to do otherwise. And uh, I know I'm probably pretty big on protocol and doing things the right way and perfectionism and all of that. But that's Sunday morning in probably about 110 degrees Fahrenheit. And that platform was about six feet off the ground. I got down from that platform, climbed down those steps and walked out into the middle of that dusty field and bent down on my hands and knees. And I wrote in the dirt that day, Tyler may even know this story, but I wrote in that dirt that day, P-O-I-T-R-A-S. And I said, God, I want you to see what I wrote on the soil of this land. I want you to know that I'm, I'm making a commitment today that I am going to be faithful to what you have called me to do, and I am not going to leave this place. It does not matter what takes place here. I'm going to stay right here because I know that this is the perfect will of God for this particular season and time and stage and shift in my life. I'm going to stay right here. And I know, and I don't want to cross your, your doctrine, Brother Tyler, because I know you're, you're a theologian, and uh, Brother Barron is a great, great guy as well. So I don't mean to mess up with your theology or, or doctrine, but this is what I did. I said, devil, I know, I know that you're here. Uh, later on, I was able to learn a little bit of the language, and I was actually speaking to the devil in church. Well, you need 
<laughs> and uh, it means you are so useless. Yeah. Free high, get out of here. Get out of my way because you are totally useless. And, and that day I said, devil, I know that you are here. And I want you to see something. I want you to see on the this ground, I've written P-O-I-T-R-A-S. And I am not going to move from here until I hear the same voice that brought me here. Oh. I didn't say that the voice had to be stronger because the longer you serve the Lord, if he has to yell at you to get you to do the will of God, if, uh, you know, if the only way that God can speak to you is when you are asleep. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is the Poitras Ponderings podcast. <laughs> Will you pause, ponder? If the only time that you can pause and ponder and project is when you are asleep, you know, what level? Of, I better stop there. You know, what level are we really at there? So, yeah, that you you know the will of God and that you're willing to be faithful uh, no matter what, what comes your way, that you're, you're, you're not going to, to move. And know that in the end, that you're going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, uh, that it's all about faithfulness. I know I've gone too far, taken too long, no, no. but I've enjoyed it anyway. I've enjoyed it personally. And uh, yeah, I, I want a younger person to know that, that doing the will of God, you better be very careful that there's a couple of things that could happen. You could leave that location too soon. Or you could end up staying too long. Yeah. Leaving too soon is a problem. Staying too long is a problem. So you've got to know, you've got to be sensitive to that season, that shift, that stage of life that you're in, so that it's like passing that baton off to the next next runner. Uh, yeah, you can overstay, and it just takes a great deal of uh, sensitivity. Yeah. So that's a long end uh, to a country 8,000 miles away. I can literally still feel myself riding on the soil. Uh, I don't know if Brother Tyler was there that year, but the church in Ghana, when it was nationalized, which meant they were able to elect their own national superintendent and that the missionary was not in, in charge of the whole nation, which was a, a great experience to go through the first national superintendent was elected. His name was and is Daniel K. Tay. So the two of you have probably met Brother Tay. Brother Barron may not re realize who this guy actually was, but I think you probably met him uh, on your trip to Ghana. He does teach in the Bible school still, even though he's probably close to 80 or something like that. Uh, but anyway, when Brother Tay became our superintendent in Ghana, so Sunday morning when he was installed. So guess what, what happened? He climbs down from the platform. He goes out into the middle of the ball field and he bends down wow. and he writes on the soil of the land huh. what he already knew that he had experienced from somebody else. Wow, that's awesome. So those that, you know, those that come after us, may all that come behind us find us faithful. Right. What an amazing between one another generation. Stephen, at his final moments of life, looked up and said, do not hold this charge against those as he is being stoned. And he had to learn that from the one that had 
been suspended between heaven and earth that said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And so what a powerful reality and 21st century example Brother Poitras, I felt the Holy Ghost as you were talking. My, yeah. I just, the Spirit just enveloped me in this room, and I appreciate uh, that perspective and those words. I think one of the things with Stephen is reaching the end of his life. When you reach the end of your life, yeah. the petty things just don't matter anymore. That's good. That's really good. Uh, my brother is a superintendent of one of our uh, districts, and the former superintendent was very ill, and uh, Henry went to see him, and uh, he told him, you know, Brother Potra, I realized, because in Canada they say Potra instead of Poitras, I realized that, it, you know, that you're a tremendous teacher, and here are the people from my church. I want you to continue to train them. And, uh, you know, I you realized that we had a little bit of a problem with such and such a thing, so-and-so, and all is well. It's all under the blood. Please pull them in. Because when you, I hope that you never get sick, but when you have a sickness that's a near-death experience or when you reach the end of life, right? yeah, all of the pit doesn't matter anymore. That's really good. Uh, I think we could finalize with one final question that I would love to ask both of you men and to have your perspective on this. And so with this final question, the author makes a powerful statement. He says this, one of the most seductive temptations that leaders face is previous accomplishments. And I wonder if you you both would take a few moments to relay, let's call it the dangers of living in the shadow of yesterday's successes. Maybe, uh, Brother Bryant, will you uh, start us off right now? Yeah, the author mentioned this mentions this when he's talking about uh, Moses being commanded to speak to the rock uh, to provide water for the people who were thirsty. Of course, the rock had already been providing water for the people the first time Moses was instructed to strike the rock with his uh, with his rod. So, uh, in this situation, the author's talking about the incredible temptation that he has to rely on uh, what had happened in the past, how God had done it in the past, the method God had used in the past. And of course, I, you know, we thank God for every victory. We thank God for every uh, program that the church uses and has success with. We thank God for every method that works. Um, and we should celebrate those things and, and rejoice in those things. But I don't want to make an idol out of the past or an idol out of the method that we used before. Right. And, and I'm certainly not for, you know, uh, just getting rid of a method or blasting methods because they were old. Like we just want to hear the voice of God and we want to be obedient to the voice of God and do, uh, do what he wants us to do. So, and then I, I know that sometimes, maybe many times, uh, God has us approach uh, different circumstances of life in a different way, maybe with a different method, a different plan. Um, and it, it is tempting to want to go back and do what was familiar. I think the author says something like, you know, to to speak to the rock required little effort and a lot of faith. And to strike the rock again, because that's what he had done before, required a lot of effort 
and little faith. Right. And I want to be sure that what I'm doing for the kingdom of God is something uh, that that requires uh, a lot of faith and little effort, little of my effort, because it's not going to be done in my power and it's not going to be done in my might. It's going to be done by his spirit. Amen. So, uh, Brother Poitras. Brother Tyler and Brother Barron, as we bring this particular episode of the Poitras Ponderings podcast to a close, I, I really do feel the presence of the Lord in my life right now in this podcast. I want to say to those that are listening and paying attention to what we have said today, that be assured that there are three guys on this podcast right now, Baron Longstreth, Tyler Bryant, Jim Poitras, and I'm sure many more, including your own pastor and your own bishop. We are here for you. You don't have to travel through seasons alone. You don't have to travel through transition and shifts alone. You don't have to travel through the stages of life alone. We are here for you. We want to encourage you. We want to walk alongside you. We want to be a blessing to you. We want to be sensitive to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us declaring the testimony of God, which is the spirit of prophecy, and just want you to know you're out there, you're doing a work for God, uh, you're in whatever capacity that may be, we are here for you, we're praying God's best over you. Uh, just the other day, I spoke to my wife and I said, uh, Linda, I want you to go ahead, I feel strongly that you should go ahead and send a card for me to uh, a particular individual. I've just been feeling that a little bit lately. And so she got the card and she wrote it and she sent it. And uh, this week I got a, a text back from that particular individual. And I won't mention who it is or the situation that they were going through. I was gonna pull up the text. I don't think I'll do that. But the person wrote and said, uh, I just felt like that I needed to hear that God was out there for me. And it was like, God, if you are out there for me, I want you to speak to me today. And the person said, I went to the mailbox, I opened up the mailbox, and the card was in there. Wow. And it could take a card, it could take a, a word, it could take a, a scripture, it could take giving a home missionary, a church planner, uh, $50 to go to a restaurant. It could be sending a book to someone. I, I mean, I challenge you. We're, we're talking about a book today. Right. I challenge you, find a book that you think is going to be a blessing to someone, pick someone, send them the book. If it costs you 10 or 50 send them the book, sacrifice. If you can't afford to send a $15 book, I can give you the email address for Baron Longstreth today. <laughs> Just reach out and encourage someone. That's right. And I, I think I want to go ahead and close out what we're doing today, what we're saying today, by just praying for somebody out there that may be going through a, going through a struggle in this particular season. It may feel like four seasons of winter for you. 
And uh, you need to recognize the writer of Ecclesiastes commented on 28 seasons. Seasons are always happening, and God is going to see you through this season in Jesus' name. We proclaim it, and we believe it. And uh, the scripture says, if any two agree together as touching any one thing, and there are three of us here, and the Spirit is here and doing our work. So let's go ahead and pray, brethren, as we close out the Poitras Ponderings podcast. Thank you so much for your involvement. Uh, You mean the world to me. Uh, And you may not feel that way, that to the world, you're just one person, somebody said. But to one person out there in the world, you may be the entire world to them. Something you may say will go ahead and help them out. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we praise your name today. We are speaking directly to somebody listening to this podcast that has been with us all the way to the end, O Lord. I pray that some sentence, some word would directly impact them today and encourage them and strengthen them because we are in this battle together. We're in this season together. It's maybe not all the same seasons, but we are pressing through seasons and shifts and stages of life as we press toward the mark of our high calling in God. And you mark it down. The world is bigger, brighter, and better because you are in it. God bless. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Poitras Ponderings podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends. Join us again next week for another exciting episode. Until next time.